Welcome back to the program, everyone. Let's talk about Canada's space program. We have one. may not seem like it at times, but we do. I think people are aware of some of what Canada has done in space in general, but not everything. We know about the astronauts. We probably know about Canadarm. People know about Canadarm. I think it dies off after that, and it's a shame because we do a lot in space, or historically we have, but that may be in jeopardy. You probably have heard about David St. Jacques going up to the International Space Station. That is pretty cool. But there's more to it than that, even though the David St. Jack news is pretty important. Uh, neglect over the past 10 years has left the Canadian Space Agency in a rough spot with dwindling budgets, leading to fewer Canadian involvement in international space missions and more and more Canadians going elsewhere to do their research. Gordon Ozinski is a planetary geologist who holds the Industrial Research Chair in Earth and Space Exploration at Western University. He joins me now to talk about this. Thanks for your time today. Oh, you're very welcome. I was uh, reading about the Canadian Space Agency the other day and the efforts by Don't Let Go Canada, uh, uh, that group, to push for more money, for more research, uh, for, for projects. Also, your project, uh, Space Matters. All of a sudden, I'm a little worried about the future of the Canadian space program. Should I be? Uh, to be totally honest, I think yeah, all Canadians should be should be a little worried and concerned about the future of the Canadian space program. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's it's an incredibly exciting time with, of course, David Saint Jack up in the International Space Station, and uh, you may have heard of the Osiris Rex spacecraft that arrived safely at the asteroid Bennu with a Canadian instrument on board. Um, but it's very bittersweet moment because you know that's almost it. Um, you know, the tank is is empty, as they say, and we have very little in the pipeline in terms of future missions. Um, and at the same time, our international partners are making big steps towards exploring Mars and the Moon and uh, and beyond, and Canada has been asked to the table. Um, but right now, you know, we don't have the resources, or even more importantly than that is this space strategy that uh, we've essentially been been without for well over a decade now. How did it get to, to that point? Is Was it uh, government neglect, I guess, is part of it, but uh, how do we get to a point where, uh, you know, because I think when people, you know, Canadians think of what we've done in space, you know, uh, the Canadarm comes to mind, but that was a while ago. Uh, we have different, uh, you know, Canadians who have gone to space. Uh, that gets a lot of attention, but we don't hear about some of the other projects, and there's a lot of other projects Canadians have been involved in and could be involved in. So how did we get to this point? Oh, you know, you know, I wish I knew. Uh, I wish I had the magic answer, uh, which would maybe help with, uh, you know, solving, uh, addressing the situation we're in. Um, I th- you know, it's been long term, though. Um, I think, you know, it has been one of uh, neglect and just complacency. Um, and it is on the part of the government, but it's on, you know, it's really all of us involved in the space program. Um, you know, as you say, most Canadians are probably familiar with Chris Hadsfield's last mission, with um, the Canada arm. But as you say, there's a whole slew of other missions, even some recent ones that Canadians have been involved in. Um, and we don't do a good job. We don't. And so I'm speaking for myself here, too, of telling Canadians, you know, about all the cool and exciting things that we're doing in space. Um, you know, I think more Canadians are, are familiar and know about NASA than even the fact that we have the Canadian Space Agency and, you know, our history, too. 
And this is one of the big things we're hoping to do through Space Matters is just raise awareness of what we've done as Canadians. Um, you know, Canada was a third country in space, and I don't think many Canadians know that. I didn't know that. No, I mean that's that's kind of crazy. I mean, so I mean, we're not going to be I mean, we're not going to be NASA, but what could uh, the Canadian Space Agency be? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're not going to be uh, number one in the world in terms of spending on space. Um, but you know, when we, we our kind of status in the world of space has definitely dropped in the last uh, decade or so. You know, in terms of the percentage of our GDP that Canada spends on space. Uh, we've dropped from something like uh, number seven or eight down to number 18. So, you know, we used to be within the, the G8 countries, and now there's many other nations have realized that, you know, space is critical to them. And you would actually think Canada would be leading the charge, given our geography. You know, space is, this isn't just about exploring uh, distant worlds. Um, you know, the use of satellites to monitor um, climate change, to monitor, to help with shipping and agriculture, you know, we have such a big country that you could argue space is more critical for us than probably any other nation except perhaps Russia on Earth. And so, um, the, you know, the good news is if we address this, if we, uh, you know, really come to the table, um, there is a big role for Canadians to play. Um, you know, we are well known for our robotics. We're well known for instrumentation. Our, our astronomy community is very, uh, you know, world-leading um, we have a lot of analog sites, so a lot of our geography lends itself to actually understanding other worlds, worlds by going up to places like the Arctic that I do all, all summer. So, you know, there is good news if uh, we can kind of uh, address the issues we face right now. The opportunities are there. Um, but it is important to note that, you know, the door is slowly closing. You can see it off in the distance, and pretty soon it will be slammed shut unless we agree and say, you know, yes. Canada is going to contribute to the gateway to this uh, outpost around the moon. Um, that door is going to shut over the next year, and then you know it'll be really hard to get back around the table if we don't commit now. That was going to be my next, like my next question. If the door shuts for all these different projects, can we open it up again, or what's that process potentially like? I mean, it would be incredibly difficult. Um, you know, uh, the you've made NASA is really moving forward quite aggressively with. Um, this return of humans to the moon, and this first big step is this gateway, which is essentially, you know, the next international space station. It's not around Earth, but it's going to be around or in the vicinity of the moon. And, you know, they've laid out when the first launches are going to be, which is coming up, you know, in the next two or three years. And so, you know, if we're not at the table now saying, yes, we'll do robotics, they're not going to wait a year or two. They're going to go to the next country or the next company. And so, you know, we might be let back in, but then, you know, what will we do? We might have to literally buy flights for our astronauts as opposed to kind of earning them through being at the table and contributing things like robotics. We are joined on the line by Gordon Ozinski, the Industrial Research Chair in Earth and Space Exploration at Western University. I remember, uh, you know, this is a number of years ago, maybe more six or seven years ago, this, during the Republican presidential primaries in 2002 or before the, 2000, before the election uh, uh, years, years ago, uh, Newt Gingrich uh, commented about how he wanted to set up uh, colonies on the moon and people made fun of him for that. And then uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson was talking about how, well, you know, it's not that silly that we'd want to set something. It, it sounds silly at first blush, but when you think about uh, what's involved in that, 
uh, what can be learned from that, it suddenly is not so silly. So that's my long way of just asking, like, what can we learn from space, space exploration that can, can help us on Earth? I mean, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, it's one we kind of, I think, those of us in the space exploration business ask ourselves. And, you know, the short answer is a lot. Um, you know, I would liken, uh, you know, a lunar outpost. Um, although, I mean, the European Space Agency actually have a program looking at this, and they actually call it the Moon Village. And, you know, like you said, it sounds perhaps a bit silly and far-fetched, but, uh, you know, in the coming decades, um, there is a view that we'll have a permanent, you know, I would call it more of an outpost as opposed to a settlement. And I would liken it to, you know, perhaps what we do in Antarctica, where, you know, there are permanent research stations. You know, people are there 365 days a year. You know, they're doing primarily science, um, but it's also, you know, a footprint. And uh, it gives us a presence in Antarctica in that case or, or on the moon. Um, so, you know, first of all, there's a ton of science to do. You know, Apollo didn't answer everything. There's a lot of good science to be done. Um, both about the moon, and the moon is a critical uh, piece of understanding the solar system. You know, the moon um, has a lot of old rocks that we just don't have on Earth, and so it can help us understand uh, the beginnings of Earth, even the origin of life on Earth. Um, then there's all sorts of neat things, like, for example, um, the astronomy community are very uh, interested and excited because if you put a telescope on the far side of the moon, which is never seen by Earth, it's outside of the zone of radio interference from Earth. And so, you know, just remote astronomy outposts, you know, we hear about Hubble and telescopes out in space. Well, it's actually probably easier to station it on the moon, but on the far side where it's, you know, a very quiet, radio-quiet environment. And so there's lots of things like that. And then, you know, importantly, too, is the moon is a stepping stone beyond, uh, to essentially, you know, Mars and beyond, um, you know, we think we can extract resources from the moon to make rocket fuel and water for, for humans. And the nature of things is that it's way cheaper and easier to launch things because of moon's lower gravity from the moon uh, than it is from Earth. You know, the reason space travel is not that common is just getting away from Earth's gravity is so difficult and so expensive, whereas it's a lot easier to do on the moon. So, you know, there's a lot of exciting things. starts out with fundamental research, research. Um, but there's a whole slew of other things looking to, you know, future decades. We are joined on the line by Gordon Lozinski from Western University. What are some of the things we're doing right now that you mentioned earlier that are pretty cool that maybe people aren't too aware of? Uh, so in terms of what Canada is doing in space, uh, it has been a busy uh, few weeks. Um, uh, the big two things, of course, I think, is David St. Jacques' mission to the International Space Station. You know, we first heard from him um, a few days ago, his first uh, teleconference from the space station. I know we'll be hearing a lot more from him, and uh, there's a few activities that I'm involved with that uh, we can't really talk about now, but very early in the new year, um, there'll be some big public engagement exercises there. Um, OSIRIS-REx is a really exciting mission. So this mission actually launched a few years ago, which is why most people haven't heard about it, and it took a few years to get to this asteroid Bennu. And it's actually a sample return mission. Um, and so they're going to collect samples and bring them back to Earth for study. But on board that spacecraft is a, essentially a laser system that will map in intricate detail the surface of the asteroid and help guide where we'll select samples. And there's quite a few Canadian scientists, and uh, MDA Maxar built this OLA instrument. 
there's a Cyrus Rex laser altimeter. And so, you know, those are, those are two big um, recent things. Um, there is a Canadian involvement, um, not in terms of instruments, but in terms of science on the InSight lander, which is that NASA's most recent uh, mission to Mars. Um, just, you know, a couple of weeks ago it landed, and, you know, you may have listened to the, the sound of wind on Mars um, for the first time ever. And that's not its primary goal, but uh, it's a very exciting mission, too. So, again, lots of excitement right now. But what we want to make people aware of is that, you know, again, the tank is getting empty and we really need to figure out what we're going to do in the next 10 years. Well, to that point, uh, I, I mentioned that piece I was reading earlier. It also talked about how we have a lot of, you know, Canadian researchers who are going elsewhere uh, to do their work just because they can't do it here. Yeah, you know, it's it's a... Uh... It's one of the biggest challenges I face and one of the most disheartening things about being a professor, I think, is, uh, you know, seeing colleagues leave, but also students. Um, you know, we have fantastic programs at the undergraduate and the graduate level. You know, we're graduating people with PhDs uh, who are, are world class. And, you know, a lot of these, you know, these super keen and uh, brilliant students want to work on missions. And right now, there are so few opportunities in Canada that most of them uh, are heading off to the U.S. or Europe. And, you know, there's many from my lab. Um, but most of them want to come back. And so, you know, we're, we, are, we do have this kind of brain drain of space talent right now that, again, if we have these mission opportunities, we'll both keep them, keep them here after they graduate, uh, but also, you know, bring back some of our, our overseas Canadian friends, too. Do you think the federal government is receptive uh, to investing more in our space program? I, I think they are receptive. Um, Minister Baines has you know, talked about uh, releasing a space strategy very soon. Um, you know, they they face competing priorities, of course. But, I mean, I think the big thing about space is, you know, people have said, you know, you waste money on a space program. Well, I mean, not a, not a, a cent of that gets spent in space. You know, it's on highly skilled jobs here in Canada. Um, a lot of the innovations that come out for space, you know, you asked me about that earlier. Um, you know, we face a lot of challenges in the north in remote communities. Uh, communication, you know, life support systems, you know, so on the International Space Station, they have to recycle as much of their uh, water and waste as they can. Um, and we're getting really good at it on the space station and we'll have to be good on the moon um, you know, growing things up in space. It's a really harsh environment. There's no reason why we couldn't turn those technologies for, you know, greenhouses and uh, connecting communities in the north. Um, instead of coming down to a hospital in Ottawa from none of it, um, you know, we have the capability to do, you know, remote health and telehealth uh, based on our work on the space station. So there really is a lot of you know, benefits and spin-offs that come out from uh, these investments in space. Well, I, I hope we make them. Um, I'm, I'm interested in space and ex space exploration. I started following the uh, the Twitter account that uh, was for the for the new uh, rover on on Mars and saw you know at the, the Martian Martian sunrise. It looked pretty cool. There's there's just there's endless opportunities for 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 things for us to learn something. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, a bit of a shout out to Space Matters that you mentioned right at the beginning. Um, so this is a new thing that we're leading here at Western in partnership with the Canadian Association of Science Centers and many other organizations across Canada. And our goal is to really, you know, raise the awareness of what Canada has done in space, 
what we're doing now uh, to give teachers the resources to you know help them teach about space in schools. And so you can check out that website. It's just spacematters.ca, and uh, you know follow that. Follow us on Twitter too. And, uh, you know, we're, we've got blogs and things from astronauts and scientists, and we're really just trying to excite the Canadian public about, you know, all things space. Gordon, I appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks, Devin, for having me on the show. That's Gordon Nazinski, the Industrial Research Chair in Earth and Space Exploration at Western University. We need to pause when we return. More of London Live. This is Devin Peacock in for Mike Stubbs on Global News Radio 980 CFPL.